Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Oklahoman Studios, this is the Oklahoman's Varsity Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Jordan. I'm here today with my co-hosts, Nick Sardis and Abby Bitterman. How's it going? What's up? It's going good. Just just good? Just just good. I don't know. It's a beautiful fall day out. It is. It's actually today is like perfect. Like if if fall if we could actually have a fall that's like a month and a half of this, I'd be really happy. But the four or five days that we get of this weather, it's just ridiculous. But that's Oklahoma, I guess. Unfortunately. Yep. I ate lunch outside today. It was beautiful. I mean, hopefully the bugs didn't eat all your stuff because I've still seen plenty of bugs. No, but there was like a bee that came up and... Uh, Where'd I, you go? Uh, I went with um, OU beat writer Joe Masato to the Mont and... Oh, you had a swirl. I did not have a swirl, <laughs> but we did have chips and queso and a bee tried to, tried to join in on the chips and queso. Well, heck yeah, I would have too if I was the if I was the bee. It's yeah. Chips and queso. Yeah. The bee, like it came by and then we thought it left and then it just kept coming back. <laughs> it was a very persistent bee. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um we're going to talk a little bit about uh today, talk a little bit about the week 7 schedule. Um it's fall break, so most of the games are happening on Thursday. Um talk a little bit about uh some of the games that we're out covering this week, um some of the games we had last week and the predictions that we had that went wrong um or I did not right have, if you were me that's true <laughs> and um just a little bit about the state ter- uh, championships that we had last week and looking ahead to the ones that we have coming up in the next future in the uh, kind of down the line um i want to uh, talk about the best things we saw last week um i'll i'll kind of start for me it was the volleyball crowds at the state tournament at the state championship the best crowds that i have seen this year and adamantly the best crowds by far have been volleyball crowds I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because the gym, the closed impact. Those volleyball fans, the student sections, and the parents, they get rowdy. The Lincoln Christian student section, and every student section that was there was incredible. Lincoln Christian, Class 4A, they ended up uh, topping Regent Prep to win the second consecutive state title. They won in 3A last year, won it in 4A this year. Their students were ridiculously awesome the entire match. Like, I thought they were tired. I'm sure some of them were football players played in the game the night before it was incredible to me how much those people were just going crazy and just losing their mind the whole time the parents were really into the games the kids were feeding off the energy too like any time there was a run the crowd would get into it and then you could just see it in the kids they were like like it's just really cool um but no not a not a uh, shots fired at any of the football schools or any crowds anywhere else but the volleyball crowds i saw this weekend were incredible out at shawnee and then even at choctaw high school for uh, the quarterfinals on Friday in Class 4A. So two volleyball parents and fans and crowds, touche to you. You guys are awesome. I mean, I got to tip my hat. You know, I was going to say all the all the interceptions that, well, all the three interceptions that Bethany had against Tuttle, that's what I was going to say. But, Cameron, you just reminded me that the crowds for Class 3A through B uh, state tournament softball, they were also incredible. I mean, every every school had – a gigantic crowd every day um but i think the best 
the best crowd or the best student section by far was Morrison. Um, those kids were lit the entire time, um, just cheer like doing organized ch- standing, doing organized cheers the entire game. Um, at the end of the game, they so at the end of the game, both schools. Um, their players get called one by one to receive medals and then they the losing team receives the second place trophy winning team receives the first place trophy and they all like waited very patiently until after the team got the first place trophy and like took a few pictures and then they like stormed the field and it was just this huge like kind of almost like a party with the um with the with the Morrison students and the Morrison team after they won the class A state title um, and yeah, that was just as someone who played softball for a long time, it was really cool to see a crowd react like that to a softball game. I think if I remember saying correctly, that was Morrison's first state title in in any sport outside of football. Correct? That is correct. There at um, well, I'll get back to all the state like who won their first state titles in softball when we get to that later. But yes, that was Morrison's first state title in any sport that wasn't football. Got a lot of football state titles, though. Best thing I saw, Dale beat Silo in the Class A state championship game. And, um, I mean, it was just an incredible game. It was 4-3, to three, and uh, in the top of the seventh inning, uh, Cade McQuain hit a kind of go-ahead RBI single. And, I mean, it was just a really fun game to watch. So that was probably the best thing I saw. I feel like I have to give it up to you again. Didn't you pick that result? I did. I mean, you're just rolling in the picks right now. Like, I wouldn't want to – I mean, you, you need to go to Vegas with the luck you're on. Like, Okay, so softball. I'm going to be covering softball this week. And we're going to not abide by the Kirk Herb Street rules. And I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and pick these games. Okay, 4A, you know my thoughts about 4A. Who is it? Newcastle. Newcastle. That's right. Well, I mean, you know, last week you predicted that Newcastle would beat defending champ Tuttle, but Tuttle – didn't make the tournament, so I feel like. Who that did makes... I say would win, Abby? Tell you me. said you said Newcastle. That, that's would all win. that matters, girlfriend. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> so four A, Newcastle. Five A, Carl Albert Titans. Six A, this one's tough, but I'm probably going to go with Westmore. Not bad picking the yeah. defending champs, though. Yeah. So that go ahead, Cam. I'll, you got I, stuff I mean, to say. I'll, I'll I'll write it down. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, I'll... well, Carl Albert's. This will be their third straight title if they win. And yes. like Cameron just said, Westmore is the defending state champion. So, you know, some fair picks. So I am not going to – I am not covering any – I say I'm not covering any state championships this weekend. Um, I'm not going to be in Tulsa for volleyball, but I'm going to be watching it thoroughly for 6A, 5A. Um, I don't think – I don't want to – no offense to anyone. I'm not going to say I'm going to go out on the limb and not pick uh, Victory Christian to win in Class 5A, but – they're 31 and 2 this year and have just dominated nearly every team they play. They've beaten 6A teams, they've beaten 5A teams. Um, I'm going to pick Victory Christian to win in 5A. And then if we're going to go 6A, um, I believe that the West is really strong this year, but Broken Arrow has the best team. Um, they've been ranked at the top nearly all year, except for one of the first initial rankings that came out. Um, as good as we have, expunded some of the Edmond schools this year, some of the West Side teams, I just think that Broken Arrow has the top team. So I will pick Broken Arrow to win Class 6A volleyball. Um, since we're making predictions, so yes. have to write that down as well. Uh, kind of, kind of looking back at the games that we covered last week, I think one of the biggest ones that um, stood out across the state was a rematch of the Class Four A title game between uh, uh, Bethany and Tuttle. That game was played down in Tuttle, and 
I got to give it up to Bethany. Um, I watched them earlier this season, and I thought that they were still a really strong team. I just thought Tuttle was a little bit better, and I picked Tuttle to win that game, and Tuttle got shut out. Bethany played outstanding. Tuttle did not look like they were going to be able to move the ball at any point. Um, They had less than 100 yards of total offense in that game, and their their quarterback just could not complete a pass. I think the first complete... The first pass he completed was to someone on Bethany because it got intercepted. So um, no, they the Bethany and yeah the Bethany defense was just incredible in that game. Explain how Sam Brant played. I heard he played really well. Oh, he did play really well on both sides of the ball too. He he's a safety, right? Uh, or is he a linebacker? He's a safety and he's their starting quarterback. Yeah. Safety. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He he caught an interception himself um had threw a touchdown ran for a touchdown um really good moving the ball down the field um I think he was their leading rusher uh and just he yeah he had a he and um oh I'm blanking on this wide receiver's name um but he and one of their wide receivers just had a great game on both sides of the ball camera why are you looking at me like that i'm trying to remember his name as well and i, I cannot off the top of my head <sighs> explain Sam. it's in the lead to my story so if y'all want to go look <laughs> back at that <laughs> explain sam brant's recruitment cam you know his biggest the big he has a bunch of division two looks and he's having a and he's having a few teams that are looking at him in division one the biggest thing that's holding sam back and this isn't any of his own fault it's just his size he's undersized for a quarterback for a defensive back he's a little undersized as well sam is strong he has the strength he has the talent it's his size it's his height is what it is how and tall is he Five eleven, six foot i mean he's right in that range i mean he's he's a fantastic he's one of the top quarterbacks in the state he's easily one of the top defensive backs in the state i mean you could put him on any team from class 6a down to class c and he would excel tremendously i wouldn't say that's undersized for a defensive back I mean, just the five eleven, six foot. Kind of depends. I could be off on his height. I mean, I don't want to be saying I'm off on his height, but that's what I, if I'm remembering correctly. But it's just his recruiting. The biggest thing why I don't think that he's gotten a ton of Division One offers, and is because one of the, he wants to play quarterback in college. That's what he wants to play, and he's only had one school, Pitt State, who's offered him at quarterback. And I'm sure that more are going to do that. Most of the schools are going to offer him a defensive back, though, is is what he's getting from Division Two. I wouldn't be surprised to see a Division One school come in and offer him. I mean, it's just I, he's too good of a player. I mean, that it's just plain and simple. He can make plays. He's going to make team around him better. Um, but no, Sam is a really special talent. You don't need to raise your hand in the podcast. Abby. I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt Cameron, <laughs> but I remembered the name of the wide receiver. It was Ben Lawson. Ben Lawson. You did you remember it, or did you look it up? No, I literally was just <laughs> staring out into the window in the Oklahomans podcast studio, and it came to me. <laughs> I would also like to say a uh, shout-out to the um, Bethany radio crew who I shared a press box with on Friday at Tuttle. Um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a tight fit, but we all, we all made the space work. And, yeah, it was, there were some nice people. Nice to meet them. Kind of um, – I don't want to get too far off on, a, on this game or the other game that we're going to discuss from last week, but uh, – Putnam North, uh, Tulsa Union. The biggest story from that game, Putnam North, Aaron Norman's a fantastic quarterback. Zachary Dorch is a fantastic running back and linebacker. Putnam North had three turnovers. Tulsa Union had zero. And Putnam North had three red zone opportunities and scored zero points. 
31 to 7 Tulsa Union was the final score. That's the biggest thing from that game. Uh, Putnam North is a really good team. They're going to be able to compete in uh, 6A1, and they're going to give teams on the west, east side of the state a challenge. But biggest thing that hampered their offense was they played a defense that's getting healthy. Uh, Tulsa Union had its star linebacker back and just turned the ball over three times and had three trips in the red zone and did, turned out to get zero points. So, I mean, that's the biggest difference from that game. Um, and then the one that Nick was at, uh, Washington Millwood, Washington just dominated physically, it seems. They did. Uh, I mean, they just pounded the ball with Lance Spalding. Uh, I think he had like 33 carries over 200 yards. And, um, yeah, they just completely dominated the game. I saw a video of one of his touchdown runs of he's running into the end zone and there was a, <laughs> there was a Millwood guy right in front of him. And he just and plows just over him. just runs right. I yeah. mean, puts his shoulder down and the Millwood guy's on his back probably thinking he needs to go to – do something else besides football but yeah lance balding is a uh he's he's a special player for sure and that, and that game is impressive to me because Millwood's offense is really talented and their freshman both, quarterback michael taffy is really good he's so good god he's gonna be he's gonna be a star oh he really is once yeah. he i mean he's only a freshman that's the thing he's been yeah. so good so early um kind of looking ahead to some games this week um Nick is going to be covering Millwood again. He's going to get a chance to watch Michael Taffy again, watching Lexington and Millwood. Lexington's won four straight games. Um, they're 4-2, and two, and they're facing Millwood, who's also 4-2. and two. That's going to be an interesting matchup of kind of defense and offense. Uh, Lexington has a really strong defense and an offense that likes to kind of chew the clock down, whereas Millwood's going to go really fast. They want to score a lot of points, and they're going to use their speed to their advantage. Um, Abby's going to go out to uh, – Abby's going to go out to – Choctaw tomorrow for a game between Putnam West and Choctaw. Um, gonna write, gonna be writing a little feature off of that game. I don't want to spoil it too much. You guys can find it in Friday's Oklahoman though. Um, and then myself, buy I'm the gonna, paper. <laughs> and then uh, myself, I'm going to be up at uh, Kingfisher and in Kingfisher for Perkins Tryon Kingfisher. Perkins Tryon had the ball with 20 seconds left last week, tied at 21 with uh, number one Heritage Hall. And ended up throwing a interception to Philip Smitherman for Heritage Hall. Took it back all the way for a touchdown and ended up Heritage Hall. You could say escaped Perkins with a victory. Um, they're a little banged up, but Philip, who to me has been one of the best players in the state that I've seen this year, came up massive with a huge play there at the end. Um, I think this game is going to be really important for number two seed in that district to be able to host a first round playoff game. Uh, you have Perkins, who's five and one, second consecutive seasons to start five and zero. Oh. Uh, they were a team last year that was really, really young, just didn't have a lot of experience in big games. Now as juniors, they're they're a lot better, really good team, really physical team, and I think that um, they're going to have a really strong case to win this game. Then you look at Kingfisher, 4-2, and two, have dominated in district play so far, 3-0. Their only two losses, though, were to teams in a classification higher than them who played in the Class 4A state title game last week. Or <laughs> last week, last year. It was a but rematch they, last week. They did week, play last so. week. So uh, that's their only two losses this year is to Tuttle and Bethany. So... Um, that's going to be an interesting matchup as well. Um, moving ahead to some state tournament coverage, um, I know Abby is going to be Abby and Nick are going to both be doing a little bit of softball this week, and I kind of already mentioned my volleyball. Um, do you guys want to talk a little bit? I know we, Nick has already made his bold predictions for <laughs> softball, but Abby, what are some what are some keys to watch for uh, this week at the softball tournament? Well, as always with um, with fast pitch softball, just one of the biggest keys is is pitching. I mean, usually the team, the teams with the better pitchers, always tend to win. Uh, if you have a dominant pitcher, um, even just one, that's all it really takes in softball. Um, so that's a big key. Um, as we already mentioned, uh, the the defending champs are back in classes six A and five A, but in four A, uh, Tuttle got knocked out. 
um, Newcastle, who under coach Mike Crossley has been to um, seven state title games and um, only won one, uh, they they are in it and they're the top uh, se- they're the top seed for the tournament or for the 4A tournament. Um, but I talked to him a little bit earlier today and he said that uh, this this is probably one of the toughest tournaments he's ever seen and he's been he's been the coach at uh, Newcastle for quite a long time so um, no but there should be some good games and I mean last week's state tournaments were a lot of fun too classes 3a through B um, they were a great time uh, you mind if I go through all the winners no, go in ahead. those um, yeah so in class 3a uh, Tishomingo won they beat Washington it's uh, Washington uh, is the Class 3A runner-up now for the second year in a row. Um, but Tishomingo, this was their first uh, state title in softball. Um, and then in Class 2A, Silo won also their first uh, state title in softball. Um, after the game, their coach told me that, you know, they've lost to Dale for the past two years in a row, and they had just been trying to get better to beat Dale. And and they did it so (laughs) good for them uh class a uh morrison like i mentioned before they won their first state title um in softball and then class b uh went to kiowa um who won the championship last year so they're the only defending champion to win uh in the classes 3a through b but then uh i don't know if anyone saw on twitter but then they did they took a picture after the game, all doing the horns down. So I don't know if that means they have to you disqualify. Know, yeah, forfeit the title or anything. Um, but no, they. Yeah. And I'll kind of preview the state tournament bracket for Class Six A as of recording time has not come out yet. But for Five A, uh, for volleyball, Coweta will play Claremore on. This is on Monday at Catoosa High School in Class 5A. Coweta will play Claremore at 10 a.m. Victory Christian will play Mount St. Mary, number one against number eight at 11:45 a.m. Tulsa Kelly, uh, Bishop Kelly will play Carl Albert at 1:30 p.m. and Bishop McGinnis will play Casha Hall at 3:15 p.m. Uh, the semifinals will be that evening, and then the championship will be 5:30 p.m. on Tuesday at Catoosa High School. Uh, the 6A championship for volleyball will be at 7.30 p.m. at Catoosa High School with the semifinals and quarterfinals happening at Claremore. Like I, um, like I said, that bracket has not come out yet. Yeah, and uh, a really cool thing that's going to be happening at the uh, volleyball championship, they're going to have a, a unified volleyball game, which is going to be uh, some athletes from Special Olympics that have played in a round-robin tournament. There were uh, three teams on the eastern half of the state and three teams on the west half of the state. They played around Robin with each other throughout the season, and um, they're going to be playing on that Tuesday in a in a unified championship game with a winner being declared and medals being handed out and a trophy uh, or medals being handed out for sure. I'm not sure about a trophy yet uh, beforehand, but that's going to be a really cool deal for Special Olympics and everything. Um, it's going to be a really neat deal for just volleyball in general that they've been able to do that all year, and I'm sure it's going to be pretty special for all those kids who are able to do that. Um, and then as far as uh, – Fall, with fall baseball being done, the only other sport we have left is cross country. I know uh, small school regionals are happening uh, this Friday and Saturday, I believe, and state championships start next week for those, and then uh, next weekend is next Saturday for two A, three A, four A, and then five A, six A is the following Saturday. Um, any cross country news that's happened recently, Nick? I can't think of any cross country news off the top of my head. 
people are running faster than I can. That's right. Same here. I'm not a good, I was always a good sprinter, but not a good distance runner. So. Oh, I'm better at distance, but I don't think I would win any of these races. Never. Off topic. Abby, where are you going this weekend? Is that this oh, weekend? Yes. Oh, yes. Explain. So explain. This weekend, um, so Nick will be covering the uh, state championship Saturday of the 6A through 4A softball tournament. We because, know this. Get to well, that. <laughs> because I will be in uh, Arkansas to watch um, Auburn at Arkansas with my family. My cousin Hank goes to Arkansas and his parents and my parents and one of our uncles is all going to we're all going to watch the game boy the razorbacks are just going to get stopped <laughs> i'm sorry i mean <laughs> i don't i don't care i'm just going to see my family and my parents are bringing down my big mirror that i didn't have room for in my car when i moved back down here so i'm going for family and a mirror i don't big mirror the game's all right you better not break that mirror on the way back Oh really no, sad. I'd cry. I mean it wasn't it was like sixty dollars and from home goods, but I love it very dearly. So we all have attachments that we're close to. Yeah. Guys, anything really else to add? I mean kind of we've previewed looking ahead a little bit. Um oh Mike Snyder's still going for the record at Seminole. They lost last week. Um one of these to days. They're playing Stigler, who's another really good opponent this week. So they they're in a really tough district. They're one of probably the in the top three or four districts just in general in the state um 3a3 is just ridiculously tough lincoln christian seminole shakota um and then you have stigler as well and then idabel i mean that district is just tough someone but, in idabel reach out and let me know if you're going to use my mascot idea free content for you we need to test abby's oklahoma knowledge oh gosh for those who don't know abby's not from here she's from chicago chicago and I heard you mention Shakota. Oh, so, oh, when he mentioned that, my first thought was, I don't know where that is. What, from fam- what famous person's from Shakota? Who's from Shakota? Um, uh, Carrie Underwood? Yes. Way, look at you. Yes. They have two big signs on I-40 going each way. It says, home of Carrie Underwood. Um, the, the game that I learned how to keep stats was um, uh, UConn at Moore. And my dad said, I told my dad about it, and he said that it was um, Garth Brooks at Toby Keith. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's quite true. Um, (laughs) We were all at that game. Yeah, we We were. were, We sure were. Um, My second guess, if Carrie Underwood was wrong, was going to be Miranda Lambert. Where's Miranda Lambert from? She's not from Oklahoma. She's not? No, she was only ever down around Tishomingo because she was dating Blake Shelton. Oh, okay. Is Blake Shelton from Oklahoma? Yes. Is he from Tishomingo? I think he's from Ada. I think he's from Ada. But okay. But somehow Tishomingo's in there somehow. He has land. Know. He has a bunch of, he has like a big ranch down there, I believe. Okay. My country music knowledge is not the best. Someone's going to flame me for this later, but I'm pretty sure I'm. I'm, I'm just a, happy that I got Carrie Underwood right. <laughs> yeah. I knew she was from here. Guys, anything else? I still haven't seen Joker. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Probably won't see it. Yeah, I don't plan on seeing it, but you've had a whole week, dude. What have you been doing? I've, I've been working. What are you talking about? He has been working. <laughs> That's fair. It's We've state tournament week. We've all been working. Well, uh, I I uh, I appreciate you guys for listening. Um, thank you guys for listening to the Oklahoma Varsity Podcast. Uh, for Abby and Nick, I'm Cameron. And uh, make sure you guys uh, subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Make sure, uh, You can tune in next week. And uh, we record every single Wednesday. And make sure you follow up with all of our coverage. You can follow us all on Twitter. I'm at Abby underscore Bitterman, at 
Nick underscore Sardis at Cam underscore Jordan. Really easy, really plain. The most original, original uh, Twitter accounts you ever did see. And then always all of our coverage at Oklahoma.com. Yeah.